Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And I'm Evan Dzinski, her husband. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and lead mutually empowered, purposeful lives. This is the second episode in our Seven Lessons in Seven Years series, and today we're talking about year two of mine and Evan's marriage and the biggest lesson we learned during that year. If you're just joining us, we thought this would be a fun summer series for you to get to know me and Evan better before returning to more coaching-type episodes in the fall. To provide you with a little bit of context for the second year of our marriage, I had just entered my third and final year of grad school and was starting to see couple clients for the first time. Evan had just gotten a new teaching job in a highly ranked public school in our area, and we also bought a house that fall. And we wonder why year two was more challenging than year one. But through all that, plus a lot that I didn't mention, we were learning so much about ourselves and about each other. And just to demonstrate this, we plan to share one of the smaller issues, actually, that impacted our marriage toward the beginning. But here's the broad theme of what we were just beginning to learn in year two, that our lives and marriages often look different than we might have imagined that they would. And I say that we were beginning to learn this because this lesson extended into the next few years until we finally accepted it and learned to live differently with that reality. But in year two, we learned this on multiple, multiple levels, which I had every intention of sharing with you, except that as we prepped, we realized that this episode could easily cover four different topics over the course of an hour, and so we'll spare you. But one of the issues that impacted us the most, embarrassed as I would have been at the time to admit, was my insistence on living in a rom-com. Now, I didn't realize at the time that's what I was doing, but that's 100% what I was insisting that Evan live up to. So a few things contributed to this. The first was having the expectation that my husband would treat me the same way I watched my dad treat my mom when it came to romance. And the second was, I think I subconsciously expected Evan to express his love in all the ways I'd seen in movies, on social media, in what was shared in a Sunday school class we attended. Through letters, flowers, poems, crafts, romantic getaways, jewelry, anniversary gifts, etc. And again, I was not even aware of this at the time, but I totally thought, this is the man I chose to marry. Therefore, he is supposed to be all things to me and provide all the things for me. Now, I am being a bit hyperbolic here, but only because I know I'm not the only one. And I want to draw your attention to how unhealthy and undifferentiated this expectation is. Meaning, I was mentally and emotionally engaging Evan as if he and his romantic gestures were the answer to my marital happiness. And that, my friends, is called emotional and relational immaturity. And I had a lot of growing up to do. It's one thing to learn what healthy relationships look like in grad school. It's another thing entirely to work toward a healthy relationship in your own marriage, which always begins with personal growth, with changing yourself, your own mind and behaviors. So Evan, why don't you share what my unrealistic expectations and disillusionment felt like to you at the time? Yeah, so those 
feelings and expectations felt really hard for me. I remember getting in a lot of different arguments. They tended to come up when we were on like road trips and we would just kind of be sitting in the car talking and you would start expressing your unhappiness about that situation in particular with the romance. And it was just really hard. I felt kind of helpless, like the things that I was doing to try to be romantic were unappreciated and unseen because they weren't exactly what you wanted. And I remember getting to that point, and this is kind of funny, but I googled, what are romantic gestures? <laughs> like, what would be some good romantic gestures to do? And I remember reading this list, and more than half of the things on the list I was doing for you, and because they weren't exactly what you wanted, it just seemed not to matter. And it took a while in our relationship to get to a point where we could appreciate the different ways that we choose to love each other. So by me having unrealistically high expectations of you, you felt not good enough. Yeah, absolutely. It just felt impossible at the time. I felt like no matter what I did, it just didn't make a difference. And when I would do things that I knew that you wanted me to do, they felt disingenuine. Like I was just doing what you wanted me to do. Like they weren't gestures from the heart. I was just following orders. Which is a great way to do marriage, right? Everyone wants to feel like that in their marriage. Felt so good. That totally makes sense to me. And I had no good reason to feel the way I felt because in reality, you were treating me wonderfully and in a way that felt true to you. So the only thing standing in my way of happiness was me. I was sabotaging our romantic relationship with unrealistic expectations and negative thoughts. It wasn't you or anything you did that led me to feeling unhappy, discontent, or disappointed. It was my own disillusionment around the discrepancy between the impossible standard I was holding out for you and, well, reality, right? But what I know now doesn't mean it wasn't hard then. And that I had some grieving and letting go to do, which in all honesty took some time. But I remember the day I came back down to earth. I had run into someone from my past and they were still living out a life that I'd outgrown years ago. And even though a few things were sort of falling down around this person, they were refusing to give up on their idealism. Meanwhile, I was working on my own stuff, personal growth things and dealing with some personal issues. And it was just a time when I was working hard for myself and also for our marriage to grow and mature into a better person. And it was this poignant moment of juxtaposition, kind of like seeing the way your life would have played out right up against the way it actually was playing out, which of course was imperfect and more messy. But as I realized in that moment, was totally worth it. And not only that, but that encounter also served as somewhat of a cautionary tale of what my life and marriage would become should I refuse to give up my ideals of marriage and what a husband should be. Because here's the deal. Here's what I've learned. The sooner you learn to give up your notions of what your spouse and marriage should be like, the sooner you can get around to dealing with what your spouse and marriage are actually like. Which, by the way, includes an imperfect, in-process, rough-edged you. At least, that's what I contributed to my marriage. But that's the good soil. That's where growth and change occur. Not by holding out for something better or holding on to ideals or old scripts that don't serve you or your marriage. 
And like I said at the beginning of this episode, it took a few years for both of us to fully accept each other as is and life as it comes. But once we did, man was our life miraculously better. (laughs) And I suddenly had the most wonderful husband. And as it turns out, he was even better than the idealized version I had of him in my head from when we were dating and engaged. Can you even imagine? Right, and nothing changed for us except our perspective and expectations. We learned to let go of a lot. Let's be real. I learned to let go of a lot. And bring out the best in each other. And seven years later, even though we're married to the same person, we've both become different people than who we were when we first got married. And our marriage is better in a lot of ways than it's ever been. So as you reflect on this episode, you might be thinking, wow, I would never share that. Or, wow, I can really relate to that, and I'm so glad they shared. And the purpose of this episode is to reach the latter group. Because, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, because there's this thing me and Evan live by as Christians called grace. And because we believe that Christ's grace is sufficient for us in our weaknesses, we're all the more glad to share some of our hardships and growth areas with you if that means God gets the glory for our lives and marriage now, and if it means that you take something from this, whether to learn from or relate to. And if that's you, we just want to encourage you that transition is normal, growing pains are normal, marital challenges are normal, and that there's hope for your future. And you two have got this. Just please don't give up on each other or on your marriage. Keep praying, keep seeking, keep examining yourself, and seek professional help if you're getting stuck or you feel like you're spinning your wheels to no avail. Because even if you two are too close to your own situation, there are friends, family members, church members, and professional Christian marriage therapists who can help support and encourage and speak truth. That's all for now. We hope that you're enjoying the summer series and we'd love to hear from you. One way to do that is to leave a rating and review on iTunes or text the new text machine. Simply text 502-221-3845. Again, that's 502-221-3845. All right, friends, your action step for this week is to reflect on your own happiness in your life and marriage and see what thoughts are there that are contributing either way. Do either of you have unrealistic expectations or impossible standards for yourself or for each other? And if you find that you do, or you know that you do, what are you going to do about it? Who should you talk to? How do you want to feel about life, marriage, and each other compared to how you feel now? In our prayer for you this week is that the grace of God would prove sufficient in your life and marriage as you learn alongside us how to give up childish ways and grow more mature in Christ. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle. Love is not a bond. Love is just as fragile